Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we talk about how to use mobile user acquisition strategies to grow your app quickly and capital efficiently. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, Mobile Growth Leader and Founder and CEO of the Mobile Growth Consulting Firm, Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile user acquisition that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. Our guest today is Claire Razan. Claire is the User Acquisition Manager at Product Madness. Her experience spans a wide range of mobile apps from dating to games. On the show today, Claire underlines the critical importance of using live ops to increasing the user's lifetime value. She underscores how important this can be, even if the users already have a strong LTV. As a note, the opinions and views shared in this episode are the interviewees alone, and they are not in any way connected to the views of the company Product Matters. I'm very excited to welcome Claire Razan to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Claire, welcome to the show. Hello, Sharon. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here and to speak with you today. Uh, I think we have some exciting topics, so really happy to share on that. Absolutely. You've been one of the people that's very forward thinking in the mobile space, and I've definitely followed a lot of your writing and inputs and talks. So definitely thrilled to have you here today, Claire. And today we're going to talk about how apps can think about increasing the lifetime value of the users. So why is it important to think about this? Because, uh, you know, as context, you work for social, social casino apps that already have very high lifetime value. So why is it important to think about, oh, how do we extend this even further? So I think it's really important because you don't have a user just to have one purchase or one open. You know, the life cycle of your user is something really important to work on in order to extend this LCV uh, that you got from the user, because of course you got some whales, but you also have a lot of long-tail users that are going to spend on a weekly basis, and those users are also key. So I think it's really important also to focus on this kind of strategies where you actually work on your user experience through, for instance, eCRM, marketing automation, where you adapt your advertising and push new features to, to, to those users and even the one that already engage. So I think all those things are really in product and also growth strategy that can extend and make the funnel more optimized in a way. And so people, they, they can actually spend more on your product because they enjoy the content in the application. Yeah. So you're saying there is a natural lifetime, but that can be extended if they enjoy the content more, if you put in the hooks that help them extend the lifetime value itself. So what are some of the key strategies that can be used to extend the user's lifetime value further? So there is several different uh, strategies. First, it's really important to onboard your users the right way. When, for instance, uh, you send a push notification just to welcome your user, 
I saw by the past uh, huge differences between a user that doesn't have a welcome push and the one that has have one. So I saw around 40% won't come back wow. if they don't have this notification. So it's kind of huge when you see that user can be really, really expensive, especially on social casino apps. You really want yeah. your user to come back. So onboard your user is really important. And sometimes people have a bad first impression of your game if they open your application and after they will never come back. But if you re-engage them, I also think that it needs to be really personalized. It's the best to onboard your user with the data you can get from it. For instance, my name is Claire. If an application says, hey Claire, would you mind to come back? Or just, hey user, would you mind to come back? I would prefer the first version than the, the second one. I would feel a bit like a robot if not. So I think yeah. it's important to, to personalize. <laughs> Yeah. I will say also, be fun is really important. Use emojis when you speak to your customer and also push what really interests the user. Really segment your user based on what interests this user. If, for instance, you can ask the user what kind of information he's interested in and then you can make several segments. This is actually really good to increase your CTR on each content and even re-engage a user with the content you actually like. But don't over push your user as well because even if you want to, him to come back, you don't want him to just escape. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just not to make him churn, I would say if you're a news application, for instance, three, four times a day is, is okay for push notification. But if you are a game, once a day or less is really good news. You have something that is really important because you want to be up to date. But sometimes in the games, you just don't want to come back because you, you are kind of busy and <laughs> you have some other things to do. So yeah. find the right time, the right moment and the right also frequency. But after, I will say to be creative when you re-engage your user in social casino apps, for instance, we are really lucky. We have a lot of really exciting live ops events. So, for instance, when we think on how to re-engage a user that really enjoyed a game, we will more likely push a game he liked, or even more like a feature he likes, live ops. Uh, he's about to like, if he's always playing because of the live ops event, for instance, we are going to push it to him in social uh, media, but also like in push notification, advertising, and so on. So I think all those things are really important. And if you really like your user, I think you better also ask your user in, in the application what he thinks about you and how you can actually improve. So if you can push a, a landing page with a survey or something like this, I think it's also good to understand if your user actually likes your game, what he likes, and make the user journey evolve based on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's just a lot of possibilities, a lot of ideas. There's a lot of things you can do to engage your existing users to really extend their lifetime value. Just communication, live ops, all of the ideas that you talked about, just even the push notifications in and of itself can be huge. So obviously a lot of these require time, effort, and resources. So how should a team evaluate putting resources behind extending the lifetime value through CRM or live ops or messaging as opposed to user acquisition? Mm, so to me, I think it's a tricky one because we make people work in silo like 
projects uh, CRM and UA, where actually I think it's all together. Like I began like a CRM manager, then I was UA manager and then growth manager. And I feel we should be really close and we should all have the same resources. You don't get a user just to get a user. You need after to, to make him have a user experience. And if you have a huge UA team with no project behind, I mean, or no sustainable project that you can enjoy, then is it really important to have users? So I think it's really important also to have product team that can always innovate and have a big USP because we know like there is more and more competition. And if you don't innovate in your project, if you don't personalize the user experience, if you don't make it dynamic to the user you get in UA and actually even increase the livers event you are doing to entertain your user, you're not going to have results. So I think each team needs the same, same resources. And I think there is not one less important than the user. Yeah, that's a good point in that in a lot of companies, UA and CRM can be siloed. And really, they need to be working hand in hand. They need to work closely together. Just to switch gears a bit, in live ops, what kinds of events have you found the most effective and do these differ from app to app or genre to genre? So I think live apps events are really like the experience that is closer to, to the user. And what I saw performed really, really well is, for instance, all the seasonality that you can make uh, from it. For instance, we have a game called Lightning Link, and we are doing a Link Must for December, which is a really exciting event where we can actually have different live apps and uh, engage highly uh, user, for instance, for one week, two weeks, where with this event, where he kind of play for himself, but also to win even, even more in the event. And also he's engaged because he's not against uh, the user, but you are always uh, in competition with other uh, players. So I think it's entertaining. I think collectibles, it's also something that works a lot by, uh, in social casino apps, like everyone is doing it. We just have one on our Cashman Casino application. It's a new season. We are doing different seasons with different themes, which are really interesting. And for this one, you have some pinata game, you have some mini games, like it's really out of the classic slot that you have. So it's really, really great because you can also expand your target thanks to all those kind yeah. of events and so make yeah. convert more people. And so also the tournaments are working really well because players are always wanting to compare their, their self, their self with others. So all of this actually make live ops really key because this is how you boost your daily active user engagement, your revenue, and this is also where you have opportunity to add more placement for ad monetization and to make the best value you can make for me. Yeah, just even within events and live ops, it sounds like there's a lot of very different kinds of events you can have. I know you spoke about this in the context of social casino, but I'm sure a lot of these can be adapted to different genres just as well. So with the live ops, do you typically, so let's just say there's a tournament or you have like collectibles, right? So do you typically have users at different experience levels or different kinds of users or different segments of users? Does everybody see the same thing? Do you find it helpful to segment them? What are some of the ways in which 
it's helpful to think about segmenting users for live ops events that you have found effective. Yeah, for instance, we all have different kind of users. Some users, they will make value from ads, for instance, and some users from EIP in app purchases. So the different segmentation we do is we say to a user, for instance, that didn't pay, do you want to continue to play? And if yes, let's watch, uh, for instance, one ad. And from this, we are doing some segmentation. We also have some different uh, targeting options, of course, depending on the location, uh, the OS, the source of installs, the purchase item in the game, the product view device, uh, if it's a new user, old user, a dormant user, engage user. It's really important when we engage our user to always segment it like in the best way to give a personalized user experience. And you can't mix like one-time user with a risky engaged user or people that install your application for ages, for instance, or, yeah. uh, and those who installed it yesterday. So I think it's really important to segment with the behavior you have in the application, for instance, how much your users already spent in your application. Maybe you don't want a really, really big marketing pressure on, on a user that is already spending a lot, so you don't need to re-engage him. So depending on all those criteria, I think you really need to segment your, your strategy. Yeah. Are there specific kinds of events that appeal more to, let's just say, new users or less experienced users? And are there specific kinds of events that appeal more to more experienced users? How would you recommend thinking about that? So in my last company, active user, inactive user. So when you had inactive user, you had to make them active without churn, which is like a maze because if a user is inactive, they don't always want to, to be active, but it's really, really important because since iOS 11, I think we, we all know that uh, if you have a dormant application, then iOS can delete your app automatically. It's a feature. So the first thing to see is inactive player and active player. It's uh, the most simple thing to do. And active player maybe be more in the seasonality live ops events on all what is kind of uh, shining, but also with respect to the pressure, because if a user connected yesterday, maybe he doesn't want a push today, you really need to adapt to the vertical. And an active user find a way with, for instance, some insensitive to uh, make them come back. Like for instance, if uh, I bought a, a pair of shoes and it's in my, my car, I just quit the application, I would, love to have a promo code or something to buy it and in this time it's the right time yeah. to re-engage your user <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense and just speaking of incentives how should marketers be thinking about incentives during live ops because i would think there is a risk that if you give incentives some people might be put off some people might say oh i want these free coins i will come back so how do you recommend thinking about incentives in live ops in social casino, it's a real game economy, so you need to balance the advantage you give and what you already have in the game, because at the end of the day, if you don't give, uh, if you don't give uh, enough, they are not happy, and if you give nothing, I mean, if you give nothing, they are not happy, and if uh, it's the opposite, it's the same. So with scientific game, you really need to, to work with closely and follow all the reward that you give and to adapt it also to the seasonality. 
For instance, if you have a live up event, you need to adjust to the promo code you are doing on your engagement because you know it can be double code, so it won't be benefit. And same, for instance, with rewarded video, if you have this placement in your game and same time you have a live up event as well, that gives you a lot of rewards. But you need same both team to communicate and to see if it's not overlapping. Because at the end of the day, sometimes when you do too much, it's the worst things to do. Yeah, yeah. And also if a user just becomes used to getting freebies, they don't value actually paying in the game so much either. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, actually social casino is a tricky one because you are not winning real money. So you need to still value in both cons to pay for it. And I think it's the same for all games. People, they play games and they are highly entertained to level up and so to pay, for instance, in, in app purchases. Like, if they don't are entertained uh, enough, then they don't pay. They just go on social media and take the reward, the reward and then wait yeah. the next day. So you really need a really high quality game and you need also to balance the value you give to, to your consumer with coins. Yeah, that's a good point. They shouldn't just take the reward, go away, come back next day, take the reward, come back, go away. They could just keep doing that. And I think that's intrinsically appealing, right? Because they should come back and just continue to engage in the game itself. Yeah, I think the user is really the key. You need to entertain the user and so you need a proper USP. And I think that's why people, they come back. It's the same in dating. People, they come back because thanks to the dating app, they met someone or they are, they are having a good conversation. It's not just you get a user and then it stops and you just shoot some ads or things like this. You need yeah. to solve a personal marketing problem. And yeah. this project is here for this. Yeah, that is so insightful. And I think it goes beyond what a lot of people just think about as you in just in terms of media buying, right? It's not. And I think you need to solve somebody's personal marketing problem, like you said. So with live ops specifically, when you're looking at building a system or a process for live ops, what might be some of the common mistakes that marketers make while executing this? So I, I think that's one, but just to react to what you said, like I read something last time and I thought it was so true about media buying. You can't judge the performance of someone in a way according to the ROAS it has. And I think it's really important to underline this. And it's really cool that we are doing this kind of uh, podcast because so we can underline that uh, even if you are the best UA manager, if you don't have a proper USP in your game to, to make your user purchase, you are never going to have revenue. So I think it's good to also to share this thought because a lot of people begin and think depending on their area, they are more or less good, which is not uh, obviously the case. But yeah. to speak about the mistake I saw, it's basically a static onboarding. So someone that will not um, do what we said previously and do segmentation and will just send, for instance, a push notification to the whole user base, which will be terrible because you will have a huge yeah. churn and, and lose a lot of users. So I think it's really important to do an onboarding and adapt it, but uh, make it dynamic for each user. And depending on all the user uh, react day three, day five, seven, you change it. I think no personalization as well is a mistake. It's kind of strange that when 
it's integrated like a message. And when my friends send me a message, at least they know my name. It's maybe terrible because at the end of the day, it's a brand yeah. speaking to a customer, but I want to be considerated. So yeah, I would say don't spam the user. And if you begin with your application, I would say maybe trust some solution like a batch, for instance, that are really uh, dynamic and don't do your your in-house uh, ECRM because sometimes it, it can make this integration uh, really hard and it can make also uh, the process really hard. It's not something that is supposed to be really complicated. I remember I worked on Axe by the past and I just had to, to click on a button. So I think it's something that is the solution. Uh, the best you can focus on all this uh, marketing automation you do after. Yeah, definitely. I think there's pitfalls, but there's definitely opportunities. And like you said, even for a high LTV apps like social casino apps, it can be so critical to use live ops and uh, push notifications really to extend the lifetime value. Claire, this has been very insightful. I've certainly taken a lot of ideas from you today. This is perhaps a good place for us to start to wrap up. But before we do that, can you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and everything you do? You can find me on my website, clairerosan.fr, or on yeah. LinkedIn or Twitter. Don't hesitate to reach me. I will be happy to exchange. Excellent. We will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Claire, for being on the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce, and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.